being a better human to me means showing gratitude to any and all of those around us, even the person we're passing on the street. It has been shown scientifically that practicing gratitude innately connects us to other people. And not only that, but it boosts our happiness. And it really is transformative when we embrace it. Do you ever feel like you are the only one living a life that is too hard to handle? Welcome to the In Raw Life podcast, where we're going to talk about real life in its raw form. Each week, we'll dive into the stuff that nobody really likes to talk about because it's uncomfortable, painful, a little awkward, or just weird. We want to normalize all of that and help you realize that you can live out your dream even in life's messiness. I'm Sierra. And I'm Jessica. And we're living our dream lives in real life, in raw life. Welcome back to the In Raw Life podcast. We are so excited that you're here today. We are talking about a subject that I really love talking about. And it took a little convincing to get Sierra on board with this subject, but she realized how this can help us better ourselves and become better humans. So today's topic is our ancestors, where we came from, who came before us, grandma and grandpa, and (laughs) who made us who we are today, even if we never knew them. That's true. But first, it's reality check time. Sierra. Reality. What's yours? Oh, my reality is... Just so wonderful. I am in a cabin in the woods in like north, north Georgia. In fact, I left to go. I'm in a dry county, so on the hunt for vodka, I ended up in Tennessee and I didn't even know it. So, um, yeah, so I'm just relaxing. I know I just went on vacation, but I'm on vacation again, which is very filling to my soul and um, more so than vacation is like the, the prospect of adventure is what really fuels me. And honestly, like I was just telling my husband, cause he came too, and he kind of was feeling guilty about spending the money or whatever. He came for a couple of days and I, and I was like, this doesn't, the money doesn't even matter because of the amount of joy that that I have had with our family being up here. Like I haven't felt this joyful in, in eight years. I said to him and he's like, what are you serious? And I was like, no, seriously, because once my depression hit, I really lost that, like Mm. that giddy joy. And I realized, I think it's because like how you talked, I think, uh, last week or the week before you talked about always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm -hmm. And I think since I got depression the first time I lived in that, that perpetual thought of like when the the other shoe will drop and like, if life is so good, it must mean that something scary is, is right around the corner. And this past week I was reading the, uh, the scripture that says, um, like be grateful for your times of trial because with trial comes perseverance and that used to really scare me. I was like, oh, like if I was in the middle of trial, it would be a little encouraging. So I'm like, well, at least I'm building perseverance. But then if I wasn't in a trial, I'm like, oh, no, like a, a trial is is coming. And I was so afraid of it. But this past week, I was like, wait a second. I've been through the trials. I've been through the really hard stuff. And I've built the perseverance. So now more trials will come. And they're, they won't be fun. Of course, trials never are. 
but I can rest assured that I have perseverance and that I'm going to make it through no problem. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. That gave me some hope, which was exciting. Oh, I love that. I'm glad that you are finding that peace and and knowing it'll be okay. Even when it's not okay, like in the end, it will be okay because if it's not okay, it's not the end. <laughs> yeah. Amen. That was a John Lennon quote. I don't know if I should, I should quote him. John Lennon. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So tell me yours, Jessica. What's your rawality? Hmm. Well, we are in our official new schedule with my daughter going to school on a hybrid schedule and me working at home. And I'm excited about working and I love it and taking on more projects which means more hours, which is great. But with her being on the hybrid schedule and me working and just her having been out of school for six months and already has some focus issues, it is just, it's rough. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I bet. She just, I, yeah, she's an eight year old and she's coming into her independence. And I really, really hope that this year Uh, I think third grade is kind of a hard year on most kids because it's the year that they really, like, it's a big developmental age where they really have to, they're starting to become independent and they they realize that, but they have to really start solidifying those personal tools of becoming self-sufficient, self-organized, being able to stay on task, (laughs) that kind of stuff. And that is... yeah stuff she really, really needs. And it's, especially with the hybrid schedule and the two days, well, three days learning from home, it's, it's going to be interesting. So still, I kind of feel like I have, you know, um, everything's good, but I I feel like I'm balancing many, many plates in the air, trying to figure out exactly the right balance and hoping that they don't crash. (laughs) And on top of that, you know, Going to the dentist the other day and them telling me that for the millionth dentist that I've been to, which I'm totally fine with the dentist, but the millionth person telling me that I definitely used to grind my teeth and may still do it. And I know I do when I'm like, just in general, I think it's a tick of mine, but also when I'm like frustrated or stressed or have a lot going on, I grind my teeth and they're like, yeah, you need to stop doing Mm. that. (laughs) Okay. So here, balance all these plates and don't grind your teeth in the frustration of it. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. Totally cool. Mm. So that's that's my reality check. I was thinking, I was like, well, if she's anything like me, which she is a lot like me, it's fine. She'll just never be on task. But that's not true. <laughs> when I was like her age, I know, don't worry, don't worry. There's a hopeful spin to this. When I was her age, I started playing pretend. Like when I had to do homework, I would make believe that I was working. And my name was always Laura Johnson because I loved oh. doing cursive L's and J's. And I was a receptionist. I had all this like mad men type receptionist work to do. So maybe if you like pretend with her a little bit or get her imagination going, then it makes homework so much more fun. And especially because all she's got right now is homework. (laughs) Well, yeah, she, I mean, she is a big daydreamer. I even caught her because she told me that this stuff is so easy because, you know, it's the beginning of the year. It's a new school. So it's kind of different. And they're trying to figure out who's where, especially after the six months of no school. And so mm-hmm. her homework is super easy for her. And she's like, yeah, this stuff is so easy. It's almost boring. And I was like, well, great. You should go through it really quickly then. And I walk in on her with this easy homework and she's just sitting there. And I could tell she just got back to work. 
I said, Emmeline, I know that you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. I said, what, what, what is this? Like, why are these numbers filled in instead of you just doing the work? Like you're, you're taking up your own time. And she was like, I'm just thinking about stuff. (laughs) She's a big daydreamer. Yeah. I know. I, I mean, I, the numbers too. I've always, yeah, exactly what you're talking about. But like, you know, I do that kind of stuff when I'm maybe listening in class or listening to something, not when I'm no, supposed to No, I did it when I was bored. Doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Life. So, speaking of where we come from and who we are. <laughs> and who we've created. <laughs> so, yeah, I was especially excited about this topic because I, I feel a very deep connection to my past and my ancestors and those I never even knew wouldn't have even had the chance to know because they're, you know, a hundred or years or more older than me. And I'm kind of, I'm definitely one of the historians in my family from both sides, not necessarily because I've done so much research, but because I talk to all the people who know all the things so that I can Mm -hmm. know what's up and keep record of it. And What especially sparked it recently is one of my dad's cousins, who he's really close with, she put together this amazing book. She did all this research, and it was kind of on her plate, and I think COVID helped her finally make the time to complete it. So she put together this book of pictures and history and family tree and family recipes and stories and information from it dates back at least to early or mid 1800s the family trees Mm. and it is Mm. so cool and seeing oh my gosh my dad looks like this person who's my three times great grandfather I think and his brothers even like pictures of them I never even knew who they were what they looked like seeing that we have you know seeing that like the genes really carry and seeing that all of these people from both sides of my family, really, because I've done some research on my mom's side, there's so much creativity on both sides. There's so much entrepreneurship on both sides. Oh, that's And it's like, well, of course, like that's made me who I am. And I didn't even know that. It's not that I was told these stories growing up necessarily. I kind of found them out later. But it's mm-hmm. obviously in my blood to do these things. So yeah, I think it's really cool. And I... I especially like to come in it from the aspect of I am so grateful for all of these decisions that these different people made because that resulted in me. Like just like how Mm -hmm. I don't regret my marriage or anything that I went through or anything that I did or places that I moved because it all brought me to having Emmeline and I couldn't imagine not having her. Right. And I feel like the the lessons that our ancestors learn help shape us Mm -hmm. to be a better version of them. Like Jay always says, the best we can do is become a better version of our parents. Yes. And like if I look back, you can you can see in my family, like I'm a better version of my mom. My mom's a better mm-hmm. version of her mom and all the way back. Um, and it's so funny that you that you said the thing about how your family is full of entrepreneurs and creative types. Mm-hmm. My mom used to tell me this story all the time when I was younger, and I just didn't think anything of it. But she just said it again recently, and I was like, wow, I fully understand everything this woman felt. I think it was my great-great-grandmother 
she had, I don't know how many kids she had, but she had kids and a husband and she up and left and ran away to Hollywood to become an actress. And her father, I think, like went out there and dragged her back to to her responsibilities to like be a mother and a wife and do what she was supposed to be doing. And I just think it's so funny because like I ran away to Hollywood when I was 23 and I still have this huge desire to like do something like that. But I have these responsibilities of my children and my husband, which I would never, ever leave. And it's almost like, what, how did I gain that responsibility for them? Is it just because that's who I am at my core? Am I who I am because like my genes have developed from that previous mindset of Mm -hmm. abandoning your children for your dreams? Like, it's just such a fascinating thing that. These dreams that are inside of us are carried on through our family. It's crazy. Yeah. Even as small as I didn't really know where I got my baking abilities from because I kind of picked that up as an adult. It's my, my mom wasn't necessarily like a great baker. We baked from, you know, cookie dough, pre-made cookie dough and boxed brownies. And as an adult, I was like, well, I like making things from scratch. So I'm going to figure this out. And I'm a pretty decent baker, if not a really good one, I would say. And I've just recently re- discovered that actually my dad's, the women from my dad's family are amazing bakers. Like they were amazing no hearing him and his cousins talk about the different things that their parents and grandparents made them and how they wish they had it. And then they have the recipes now. I was like, oh, and my brother's a great baker too. And I was like, oh, how cool is that? That, that was probably passed down. It's just like one of our abilities. And I'm so grateful for that because yeah. I love that skill of mine. Yeah, my grandmother had that. It skipped this generation right here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, future generations. And like you said, don't we always want better for our kids? Isn't that Mm -hmm. like, shouldn't we want our kids? Like, I have a great life, but I want better for Emmeline. I want to. That's one of the things I was thinking about speaking about today is I have felt this over the past probably 10, 12 years, even before I had Emmeline. But especially once I had her is I want to leave a legacy for her. One of, oh, wow, my mom did great things. I can do great things too and do better than her. But even just who you are at your core, like don't, I want Emmeline to be an even better person than I am so that she can do more good in this world and leave an even better legacy than me. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting once you have kids, how your perspective of it changes. Mm -hmm. Like when I was a kid or even a young 20 something pre-arrow, I was fascinated by my history and I would ask I, both of my grandmothers, I could sit and ask them stories and hear them tell it over and mm-hmm. over again. And just like the stories never got old to me because yeah, I was so relished um, in it. just enamored by, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, um, ugh. and I live for those stories that like made me who I am and whatever. And now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm going to tell Arrow, oh yeah, when you were three, your lolly and I took you and your brother on a road trip up to North Georgia. Like right now I'm living out a memory mm-hmm. that we will retell, which is so trippy when I think about it. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's growing up too fast. This is already a memory that's in the going to be in the past soon. What's even trippier is, I mean, Emmeline asks me all the time about stories about herself when she was younger or even my, you know, my growing up. But mm-hmm. when our kids have kids one day. I feel like grand, you know, grandchildren often even ask the grandparents more information and stories, just like you were talking oh, about. Yeah. And like, 
you're going to tell your grandkids one day, oh yeah, this one time that we went camp, you know, went and stayed in a log cabin or whatever in North Georgia. Yeah. And it was during the pandemic and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or Emily one day. Your daddy was just a wee sprout. Because <laughs> you start saying things like wee sprout when you turn old. <laughs> Or you can say it now. But Emily one day is going to tell <laughs> yeah. her kids and her grandkids and who knows, even great grandkids about when she lived through the pandemic and what that looked like for mm-hmm. her. Like I That's yesterday, crazy. dropping Emily off for school and especially at pickup time, seeing I saw these three little kindergartners getting into like being brought out to the car line and they're walking with their backpacks mm-hmm. and they're all bright eyed, bushy tailed. They don't know what school is before this. this. They think this is what school is. They oh have little my masks gosh, on. That's crazy. Oh, like they're good. This is their history and they're going to tell their kid, like, you know, when it's in the history books and their kids or grandkids say, what was it like, like back then? Or, you know, what was it like to live through that? And they're going to tell their story. And that's so insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Today, Arrow, I said something like back in 2015 and I was saying it to my mom and Arrow repeated it. He's like, 2015. And I was like, you weren't even alive in 2015. That's crazy. Like I, and then I, and then I started thinking about whenever I think of my mom before me, like I can't Mm -hmm. imagine what like the seventies were like, I don't know what that's, Mm -hmm. what that feels like. It feels different. It feels like a story. Like the 1970s are a story. The 1980s could be realistic because I was born in the late eighties. And then the nineties are obviously real because I was totally, I have memories from Mm -hmm. there, but him like thinking 2015, which is so fresh to me, does, didn't even exist in his mind because he didn't even exist. That thought process is also crazy yeah he was i was he was nothing and now he's everything to me and that that in itself is bizarre but yeah life is trippy it's although i think that's what the 1970s were like it was what a mystery trippy trippy (laughs) (laughs) very very trippy oh yeah so more on the i guess i guess if we talk like i'm thinking oh we're focused too much on our kids but Really, like, your ancestry, it's... It's your whole family. Like, it's your past and your future. Yeah. So, something that I only... Somebody told me this recently, and it blew my mind, is how, like, Einstein said that energy can never be created or destroyed. It only is placed somewhere else. What does he say? (laughs) Energy can never, energy can never be created or destroyed. It can only be neither. He didn't say never. He said neither. (laughs) Okay. It can never be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred into another form. Hmm. And then the same person said, think about us. Like we are all made up of atoms of energy and our DNA is transferred from us to our children, to their children. So like our DNA right now is the same energy of our first ever grandparent. Like that's mm-hmm. insane. And it'll keep going to all of our future babies out there. Yeah. Wow. Like that's that's so crazy. So like We're all connected. Who we are at our core, our desires and our struggles and our temptations, like our temptation to flee, to – to Hollywood to become famous. Like, that's insane that that's mm-hmm. like, that that is transferred. Yeah. 
I know. Man. And it's interesting too, like if you really get into deep conversation and like we don't have to air our dirty laundry right now, but as a listener, if you think about whatever things tempt you at your core and think about the things that your grandparents have been tempted by, if I look at my biggest temptations in life, I can see the pattern through all of my, through my parents, through my grandparents, through my great-grandparents, all of these weird things that are my struggles in life date back through my family. Hmm. And they get just get a little better usually, typically. I don't know. I've also heard that like you kind of have to be the one. If you have like a huge temptation, like you can be the one to kind of stop that. And yeah. Change the energy. I don't know. Now that's getting really. <laughs> I want to think on that more, probably not on air because it take too long, but like the struggles part. Because I would definitely need to really yeah. think deeper into myself of what it is that like tempts me or my struggle is and kind of connect mm-hmm. my past. But like I've, I've said this before, I know I at least said it on the mother daughter episode is that my line of women that I come from, from my mom's side, very strong personalities, very, you know, strong willed and a little rough. <laughs> um, but it's gotten so, you know better and better each generation. And I feel like, one, I have enough of my dad in me. I'm, I'm enough like my dad that I was mm-hmm. able to see it and stop it. Like even, you know, how I was in my marriage and how I saw, you know, previous people in my family in marriages, whether they lasted or not, was I, I could see myself turning into that and saying something similar. And then I stopped myself from doing it before I did it so that I wasn't being, Hmm. you know, overbearing, overpowering kind of thing. Well, you've even said too about how like the women in your family usually don't speak to their mothers or don't speak to their daughters. And you, I feel like changed that with your mother. Yes. I changed that with her and I make sure that that is not going to happen with Emmeline ever. Mm -hmm. And again, like that's the, like you can date back, you can look at that struggle from all the women in your family and you're the one actively making the change, which you can see, like you, obviously you had not as, not an amazing relationship with your mom, but like a really healthy one at the end. And your relationship with Emmy is even healthier. So it's only because you shifted that energy, so to speak, it's only hopefully going to get better from there on out. You yeah. changed history, Jessica. I changed. I changed DNA path, not DNA, but you know, paths. Yeah. Yeah. You shifted the energy of your DNA flowing through your body. Oh, yeah. These are two small things that have just kind of been generational. As small as DNA. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That have been generational, but on my dad's side of the family, and I've known this for years, one There is, and I don't know, you know, different people might think different things, but there is lots of history in each generation of people who are gay. Mm. And then... I've always wondered if that was like a DNA thing, like if you, because you can see it through family. I think think it could be a little bit, because it's it's who you are when you're, I believe it's who you are when you're born. That's Mm -hmm. part of you. And so why wouldn't it be part of your DNA? And then the other thing is, in each generation, we have a tendency to somehow change our name. No way. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know if listeners know this. I spell my name with a K, 
J-E-S-S-I-K-A. But I was born with a C and I changed it myself in sixth grade because there were way too many Jessicas and I didn't like most of them. So I wanted to be different. <laughs> but yeah, my, my dad. What are the other name changes? My dad's sister has changed her name completely. I'm not going to say actual names, um, but she's changed her name uh, completely from what. You'll have to tell me later. Well, mostly completely. Uh, but then like even just read and even my dad's dad's side. He, my dad's dad changed the last name Levengrube to Lane, but that was uh, so he mm. could get better jobs kind of a thing. But my dad's uh-huh. yeah, mom's side, this is what this book that I got is about. It's my dad's mom's side. There was mm-hmm. stories in there about name changes, like various ones, even just like little things. And some of that has to do with, you know, immigrating and just spelling things right. different ways and how people prefer to spell it. But yeah, there was, there was a lot of that. Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that reminded me that my my dad. I was talking to so my dad wants to move. He wanted to move to the house next door to us, and mm-hmm. I was like, Dad, you shouldn't do that because I don't think I'm going to live in this house forever. And so he said to my husband, he's like, Well, she's just like her grandmother, always moving. And it's true if you look at the women in my family, they love moving. Yeah, They're constantly funny. relocating. Even like my aunt Peggy, I think sometimes she just would move apartments to like another apartment in the same building, but she just needed a change of scenery. Oh, that's funny. So. I feel a little less crazy about my constant itch to be on the go. Yeah. (laughs) Relocate. And that's something that you talk about all the time, that that's part of you. And that's obviously comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. So isn't it, I mean, isn't it so cool that we have these people to be grateful for? And even, you know, like think about the butterfly effect, like one small thing could have been shifted and we all wouldn't be here. You know, my, on my dad's dad's side. uh, So my great grandmother on my dad's paternal side, she was the very last of the family of any of my family. I think that, you know, results in me to come over from Europe. She was born in Poland and she and my family's Jewish and she lived in a ghetto around the first world war or this was a little bit after, I don't know exact timelines, but she lived in a Jewish ghetto and with her family, her mom, dad, and whatever siblings she had, which I'm not sure about. And her grandmother lived nearby, but didn't live in that particular ghetto. And my grandmother went out like she needed to go to the store for like bread and milk or something is the story. And when she came back from the store, the ghetto was gone completely. So if she hadn't gone to the store for those things, I might not be here. That's wild. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just so grateful for the fact that all those little things happened that added up to me and then my daughter and her future. So from my family, my grandmother used to always tell me this story about, this is my mom's mom, about this man that she was so in love with and I think she was engaged to be married to. And I don't remember now why they called it off, but they did. And then she ended up marrying my grandfather, who was a terrible man. He was an alcoholic and abusive and messed up like the mentality of, I feel like, my whole family 
And I used to think like, oh, if she only married this other guy, like all of the Mm. pain that my family went through wouldn't have existed. But if she had married this other guy, my family may not have existed. Or if Mm -hmm. we did, we'd all be so different. And I wouldn't have come from like, I feel like we've come from hardship, which Mm -hmm. helps give us more strength. Like I would, I was just telling my mom this the other day. I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I was like, I would, I never would have wanted to come from money because I feel like you don't understand and appreciate how, how good you have it if you've always had it good. So Mm -hmm. to me, I like, I like coming from hardship. I like coming from a lower income because I can make myself stronger and better than my family before and be proud of that and not take it for granted, I guess. Yeah. I I feel you. Cause I mean, I feel the same way, of course, growing up through it, you're like, Oh, I wish we just could have this and do this and do that. But it makes you appreciate it so much more when you look at it from a healthy mindset that, you know, I'm, I'm working harder and I'm making it happen and look at all this, like what I'm proud of this. That's, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Lifting yourself up by your bootstraps. That's right. Right. Do not throw away your shot. <laughs> uh, Can so- I just have a little tangent about how the whole world is finally obsessed with Hamilton and I've been obsessed with it for five years and now everybody's quoting it like <laughs> it's brand like new. Teenage Jessica. <sighs> Well, the hipster in me is very frustrated. Well, this, if this will make you any happier, I'm still not into it. That's all right. That that actually does make me happier. I'm Good. not going to lie. Good. I'm sticking to my guns. I tried. I watched like a third of it and I just haven't felt like turning it back on yet. And I'm a huge Lin-Manuel fan. I'm a huge musical theater fan. I just. Are you a huge history nerd? I'm a huge history nerd too. Yes. I don't know. What well, are you a huge R&B fan? Am I a huge R&B fan? Yeah. It's just it it's just not my thing apparently. Maybe I maybe I'll like it 10 years from now. Sometimes that happens with things that are very popular. Maybe that's why. You know what? That's actually that's actually what it really is is that I am so somebody who needs to be into things that like I need to be the trendsetter. And even when it first came out, it was very popular. So maybe that's why. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You'll set the trend in 15 years that it is to remind people that it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. I have one more set of people that I really want to say that I am thankful for. And I feel like you may agree. Ooh. Yesterday. Ooh, ooh I do. Yesterday was the 100th anniversary of women being able to vote in our country. And that is pretty freaking amazing. And I am so grateful to all those women who did the work and did their due diligence and fought hard and did the hard thing so that we could have the right to vote now. And we can voice our opinions and be a part of this country and this world. And on my little soapbox, I implore, is that a word, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I I really hope that everyone listening, male or female, gets out and votes no matter who it is you're voting for, educate yourself and get out and vote November. Figure it out. Get it done. Yeah, that is I didn't even think to connect that into the ancestry, but it's true mm-hmm. like so there's the aspect of people that 
are related to us. And then there's just the aspect of people who have made a difference and set the path to Mm -hmm. where we are. Yeah. I mean, as women, yeah, it's huge, not just voting, but all of the rights that we've gained and the abilities to speak our voice and to not just be in the background, washing dishes and rearing children, but to be able to, to have a voice. And I mean, I feel like I still, I still do that, but I get to have a voice while I do it. Yeah. (laughs) I always think of, um, my big fat Greek wedding, when the mom says men are the head, but the women are the neck, she can turn the head any which way she wants. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I feel like that's always been the case, but now we can say it with a little bit more freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, and then not even that, but like also, so not just women, but also the, there's been amazing men too that have mm-hmm. set the path for like, I mean, just even technology and how far that's come and all the fact the things that we take for granted like whoever invented the air conditioning thank you thank you very thank much thank you to that mr ac <laughs> living or not living but uh vacationing i mean i'm vacationing in the backwoods and it's a little scary sometimes because i'm like it it, it feels behind the times and i'm like man what what would it have been like to have lived before satellite radio, mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. I mean, if I didn't have Wi-Fi right now, we couldn't even be doing this. And what if something happened to me? I'm miles from people. Like, mm-hmm. how would I have let somebody know? It's just bizarre. I have a book for you. I know you don't like reading books. You usually don't finish them. But this is a book that both my parents love. And they both suggested to me. And I do love time travel stuff. So I finally read it. <gasps> and I love it. It's called Time and Again. And it's about uh-huh. time travel and this guy, he's in the seventies and he goes back to like the 18, mid 1800s or late 1800s in New York city. And, mm-hmm. but he has to like train himself first to live that way before he can go back and live that way. Yeah. It's super interesting. I mean, it would be a trip. It would be mm-hmm. like, I think there's a part of me. So, okay, here's my imagination for you. I was driving into town to get, bacon and eggs this morning because we're (laughs) in the heart of the South and that's what you eat here. But I had two cars in front of me that were both pre-1985. And when I had the windows rolled down and it was like this kind of rainy morning. And I just like for a minute, I imagined that it was the 80s. And it was so neat. Like it felt like I it felt like a little relieving that there wasn't social media and technology and whatever. But so I think like if I was in it, I could handle it. But Mm -hmm. thinking about now, like if you were to live now without the stuff we have, it sounds way too stressful. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, that's my cockamamie thoughts on it. No, I like it. Yeah. And and just think, and think about like my 90 year old grandmother who she was born in 1930 and she owns an Mm -hmm. iPhone and iPad now. Yeah. That's insane. Like the things that people have seen. Yeah. One more suggestion for you and for our listeners is I heard from on Brene Brown's podcast yesterday because she's one of my favorite people. She was promoting another new podcast called Hope Through History. And Mm. it's all about, I think there's about five episodes. It's all about how we came through hard times in our country. I think it's just our country. Oh my gosh. Maybe the world. That sounds amazing. Super cool podcast. I totally suggest it. And it's also kind of on this theme of being 
grateful for those who came before us, even if they weren't related to us Mm -hmm. and how they went through hard times too. And how they did it though. Like there's hope they did it. Yeah. I love the, I think it's a Facebook commercial, but did you see the commercial with the old lady who said she was born in the middle of the pandemic? No. It was, she's like, I was born in a pandemic and it shows all these pictures of like her mom holding her at the hospital with everybody wearing masks. And it just like, I don't know, it gave me tears in my eyes to think like there, I mean, my, my Nana was born in 1917. So she was just a baby in the pandemic back then. And I don't know, to think like, yeah, we've gone through th- hard times before. And I mean, so in, in that same regard, my Nana was born right before a pandemic, then lived through the Great Depression, lost two husbands, like was widowed twice, lost two children. I mean, there's, they've lived these crazy lives. And when you look at that, you think, mm-hmm. okay, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this hard dealing with wearing a mask in public or trying to explain to my child while, why he can't play with his friends or whatever. You know, like I can if, – if she did that, I can fill in the blank. Amen. And I think we all probably have ancestors that were stronger than we even could imagine. Whether we know it or not, I'm sure there was a lot of strength that went under the radar too. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Okay, Sierra. We are going to play a little word association game. Okay. I'm going to say a word or maybe two words that make a phrase. (laughs) And you just tell me whatever pops into your head first. Okay. Abe Lincoln. Okay, so that's your reaction? Pilgrims. Mayflower. Grandma. Cookies. Pandemic. Masks. History. Books. (laughs) I feel like my (laughs) answers are boring. (laughs) Immigrants. I doubt I don't want to tell you the first word that popped in my head. It was like slave versus like good people that like not good people, but like versus a happy transfer into this country. Yeah, it was more like being forced over. But I mean, that's that's, hey. that's where my brain went. Nineteen forties. Awesome. I awesome. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't even think. I just chose a random time. I forgot that was like your your bridal shower theme. That's my era. Yeah, that was fun. Hope. Joy. Icebox. My Nana. Do you know that story? Uh, how many few bars and I'll remember. My, my, um, my Nana, who, like the one that was born in 1917, she had this crazy history of, like her mom kind of abandoned her and sent her to be like raised on a farm with some, with a couple that she kind of knew. And she invited her back at like age nine and then a then sent her off again and then got remarried and invited her back at age 13 and when she already had all these other children. So my Mm -hmm. Nana came into a family with a bunch of younger siblings that she Mm -hmm. had to take care of. And then in her teens, my Nana's mom died. And then so not only was she already taking care of the household, but now she was like the head of the household. 
and she didn't like it and she wanted to escape. And what <laughs> she thought that the Iceman was really cute. And so she, she was on the third floor. And when one day she got it into her head that she was going to have a better conversation than like from the window to the street. And she was like, Hey, my, I hurt my hand. Could you come put the ice in the ice box for me? Oh, and he came up and yeah, that is my grandfather. That is how, which is this your dad's? It's my dad's side. Oh, I did. Mm -hmm. So it's your dad's mom. My dad's mom. Yep. And then she went on to have five babies with him. Oh yeah. And my dad was the last. So I know. And I love, like, that is one of my favorite. That's when I was talking earlier about telling, retelling a story over and over again. That's a story I could listen to forever, and it just, oh my gosh, it fills my heart with with such joy. So the fact that you said Icebox, that's crazy. Oh, it makes me so happy. Yeah, so the book that I kept referencing, my dad's grandparents, maternal grandparents, their names were Harry and Sally. So the book was titled (laughs) How Harry Really Met Sally. And they had such, (laughs) I mean, just reading about it from, you know, their their kids' perspectives and their grandkids' perspectives, they they had a really sweet relationship. They were definitely very, yeah. very in love. And they had a double wedding on Christmas as what Jews. What do you mean? They, so, this is fun. My great-grandparents, Sally and her sister, married Harry and his brother. Oh. In a double wedding. On, like, December 25th, 1920-something. Oh, my God. And they were, like, look like little flappers. It, flapper-ish. Definitely 1920s style. And it was just oh so Oh, my cute. gosh. I want to see. You should take a picture of the picture. I want to see it. Okay, so Sierra's children <laughs> love to interrupt, and my child would really, really like to interrupt for the first time ever. So. I was just going to say, it's crazy that Gray hasn't woke up, but go ahead, Emmy. Hi, Emmy. She can't hear you, but he, you want to come talk? Say hi. Hi, Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! It, our, an episode wouldn't be complete without a child interrupting. <laughs> without one of our children. <laughs> um, But it was really funny when she appeared because I wasn't looking and then I looked and all of a sudden she was there. And I thought that the screen glitched and there were two of you and it was Aww. trippy. And I was like, oh, Emmy's there. That's funny. <laughs> so speaking of your ancestors. Both my dad and my grand, my nanny, my mom's mom, have recently told me that Emmeline sounds like me on the phone. Hmm. I could kind of see that. I don't know. I still hear a little kid's voice. Yeah. In her. I so. know. It's so cute. Out of all of the things that you inherited from your ancestors, what is your least favorite? Oh, least favorite. My round face. (laughs) (laughs) My round face. (laughs) You're funny. Okay, and out of all of the things that you inherited from your ancestors, what is your favorite? My creative entrepreneurship. Nice. Rolled all in one. What are your answers? How about you? I think for me, it would be my least favorite thing would be like my my inability to commit to something. I feel like I feel like my mom's side's a little flighty, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
And apparently my dad's side too because they move all the time. So yeah, my inability to commit. But my favorite thing would be like my my determination because I think the women on both sides of my mm-hmm. family were very determined women. So I like that. Yeah. Now, isn't that funny yeah. how these two completely different families – like both sides of my families and I, me and my brother are the only common denominator, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Both sides of our families have the creative gene and, or, you know, even like artistic gene and the entrepreneurship part and both sides yeah. of your families, nice. you're the only con- common denominator and mm-hmm. both sides you feel like have determined women and a little bit of indecisiveness. <laughs> Or the love of change, perhaps. There you go. Positive <laughs> But determination is guaranteed. But how cool is that? Guaranteed on both sides. That is really cool. I like it. We did it. It is. Well, thanks for joining us again on another episode of the In Raw Life podcast. We are so glad that you're here every week. Uh, but seriously, I hope this encouraged you to consider your ancestors, whether you like them or not whether you know them or not, um, and to have a little gratitude for who they are and where you came from. So we would love for you to be a part of our show. We would love to know what you think it means to be a better human. So if you could send us a audio message of what you think it means to be a better human, we may feature you at the beginning of our show. You can send that to podcast at inrawlife.com. And since you love us so so much please rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts that will help our podcast to grow so we can have more listeners in our in raw life podcast family you can also take a screenshot of yourself listening to an episode this one would be a great one and post it to your instagram <laughs> post it to your instagram You're stories Post it to your Facebook stories, your Facebook feed, text it to anyone you know, text it to your grandma. She might have an iPhone. She might listen to Spotify. Who knows? <laughs> you can find us at the In Raw Life Podcast on Instagram. Until next week, I challenge you to do a little digging and thinking about your past and your ancestors. And if you have someone who could refill your icebox, he could be your future husband. Oh. Bye. I love it. There was a backwoods guy who was tripping the other day when we were going to the lake, and that was hilarious. He told us we had a dent in our tire. And I was like, in our tire? How does a tire have a dent? No, the first the first thought that popped in my head was blinking. Blinking Lincoln, <laughs> which is not anything to do with who Abe Lincoln really isn't is. So, from, um, isn't that from Robin Hood Men and Tights? Yes. <laughs> She's so cute. Knock it off. <laughs> I was like, you mean it's flat? He's like, no, it's got a dent. And I'm like, all right, we'll be seeing you, sir. <laughs> Blinkin' Lincoln. <laughs>